Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs and chapter number 18. The book of Proverbs in chapter number 18. We come tonight to a very special message, which is also tied into a training course. Tonight, we're going to teach you a little bit about listening and becoming an effective listener. It is a skill that is very necessary, and yet most people do not have this skill. Remember, it is a skill, and you must develop the habit, the skill of learning how to listen effectively. We know that when we learn how to listen effectively, it ties into every aspect of life and every aspect of ministry. So if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the word of God and turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 18. The book of Proverbs chapter 18. And let's start looking at a verse in Proverbs chapter 18. And notice with me in verse number 13. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 13, the word of God says this, he that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is a folly and shame unto him. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark that first phrase that we find in the book of Proverbs? Proverbs 18 and verse 13. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it. And with this, we want to hit this message of answering a matter before he heareth it and the idea of learning to be an effective <coughs> listener. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you, we're just asking that you would give us grace and mercy. Help us to have an understanding of this passage, understanding of this principle, and that you would revolutionize our lives, helping us to become real listeners, developing this skill, and that you would just change everything about our relationships and the people that we work with and the people we minister to. And again, Lord, this is such an important message. I dare not trust my own self, my own flesh with it. This is something that I've been familiar with, something I'm studying with, and it's very easy to preach this in my flesh. So the best I know how, I surrender myself to you. Ask that you fill me with your precious spirit, that you can get your own work accomplished and help people through the principle of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. This verse emphasizes how poor our listening skills usually are. We love to show off how smart we are. We love to illustrate our pride by having some handy answer to someone's dilemma. But to be honest, we are not good listeners. Notice the verse again. It says, he that answereth a matter before he heareth it. That is a trap that most of us fall into. That we're listening to someone and we already cut them off. 
Or maybe we don't get all of the information. They've only told us a little bit, but we think that we have enough information to make an answer off of. And without knowing all the rest of the information, we give them a poor answer. We give them an answer that doesn't help them. Maybe it's because of we want to show how smart we are. Oh, I know the answer to this. Shut up so I can tell you what to do. Or maybe we get to the idea that I know what to do. There's an idea that we cut off listening and we don't hear out a matter. Or we're so quick to give an answer that we don't investigate to get more information. We're very quick to make statements before investigating. The Bible places a verse here just to emphasize how poor our listening skills really are. Listening is one of the most powerful and influential skills we can learn to develop. If you can learn how to listen, what happens is that you gain lots of influence. People want to talk to you. People want to spend time with you. People now trust you enough to try to find some answers. And by the way, when we have this skill, we also can learn how to use it effectively to help them in their time of need. So with that in mind, let's learn a little bit about listening. First of all, let's ask the question, why listen? Why should we listen? How important is it for us to listen in the first place? Well, let's look. Why should we listen? First of all, listening affirms people. Listening affirms people. What do we mean by this? Listening affirms people. It is one of the highest forms of affirmation. When we listen, we invite another person to exist. Why is listening so important? Because we live in a world where so many people are not listened to. And they feel invisible. They feel like they don't matter. They feel like nobody cares if they exist. Maybe you felt like that a time or two. And, And you tried to tell people how you were feeling, but they all had an answer or they all turned you away. And you felt like, do I exist? Am I important? Am I? And listening, when you take time to listen eyeball and eyeball and listen to them, it gives them permission to exist as a person. Let me tell you, this one thing at all can change the lives of so many people. If you don't mind, I'll tie this into a lot of suicide prevention. When people are crying out for help before they decide to have uh, suicidal ideations, they come to the place where they're looking for answers. They're looking for someone to even care about them. And when they're rejected time and time again, what do I mean by rejected? When people are not listening to them time and time again, they start to feel more and more hopeless. They feel like they don't exist. So you learning to listen can save someone's life and you don't even realize it. Today we live in a world where suicide ideations are very, very common. And they're not going to necessarily say, hey, I feel like killing myself today. But you just taking the time to listen to them, the time to make them feel like they matter, could be the one thing they needed not to go take another step. Why is listening important? Because it affirms people. It gives them permission to exist. 
You know, Jesus Christ did this. In the gospel record of Mark chapter number 10, you have a guy by the side of the road by the name of blind Bartimaeus. Jesus is surrounded by a big crowd. He's going off to Jerusalem. There's a lot of things going on. And you have blind Bartimaeus who's calling out to Jesus, 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 Jesus. And the crowd around him is telling him to shut up. Stop yelling. Jesus went, had this big crowd following him, had multitudes of people, hundreds of people around him. And he stopped in front of blind Bartimaeus and he asked him questions and he listened to him. It changed Bartimaeus's life. That Jesus, who was very, very busy and had everyone vying for his attention, took time to stop and listen. We know that we live in a busy world and you may feel that you get busier and busier and busier. So when we're talking about listening skills, we're not saying listen if you have time. There are times that you need to stop what you're doing to listen to someone, even if you may not feel like they're important, even if you know you have other things to do. If you actually just stop and listen, it matters the world to them. Whether it's a little kid, there are a lot of times that little kids are so neglected and just taking the time to let them exist changes their lives. Stopping and listening makes them, affirms them, gives them permission to exist. You understand listening becomes a very big deal. Why else should we listen? What else? Why is listening so important? So why listen? Listening shares burdens. Listening shares burdens. How is this important to someone? Well, people can tolerate stress and pressure a lot more easier if just one person knows that they're enduring it. Some of you may have been there. You just want someone to listen to you, not because you're looking for answers, but just because you are suffering and you're hurting. And if you know that someone else knows what you're going through, you can continue to move forward. Listening does that. And again, going back to the idea of suicide prevention, a lot of people just can't take it anymore and feel like what they're going through, they can't describe to someone that no one cares what they're going through. Stopping and listening can save a life. Stopping and listening to someone. Listening to what they're going through. Listening to their pain. You said, that doesn't sound like fun. No, it's called work. It's called ministry. And it is necessary. We could share someone's burdens. And again, as long as someone knows what I'm going through, I can continue to move forward. But when I'm isolated and I feel like I'm alone and feel like no one cares what I'm going through. It just changes everything. Why should I continue to exist? Now again, we're still at the beginning. We're just talking about why listen. Why else should we listen? Well, listening helps the speaker clarify their thoughts. Speaking helps, or listening helps the speaker clarifies their thought. So when they have something in mind, they they need to say it out loud 
when they have an opportunity to talk, it helps them to sort out their tangled thoughts. Most people do not have an organized thought life. Most of your thought life is like a tangled spider web. Or like the cord that you put straight and you put in the junk drawer and then pull it back out and now it's in knots. That's, that's how your brain is. And why it's in your brain, you could say, well, it kind of makes sense. But when you say it out loud, you see what a tangled mess it is. And as you will listen to them and allow them just to talk it out, they can untangle that cord and now it makes sense. But until then, it's a tangled mess and I can't find the end of it and it's just... Listening allows people to clarify their thoughts. It allows them to untangle the mess that's in here and then it comes out and now they could properly deal with it because it's manageable. Not like the Christmas tree lights when you pull out every year and it spends half the day just trying to untangle the mess. Listening allows people to untangle those thoughts, to clarify what they're thinking. And that means without interruption, learning how to listen to them, learning how to effectively listen to them. So they have that freedom to untangle the cords in front of you. Why listen? Why listen? Listening improves the accuracy of our responses. Listening improves the accuracy of our responses. And we want to respond accurately. The Bible has a verse for this. It says in Proverbs 25 verse 11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Meaning that when the right word is spoken at the right time, it's exactly what that people need. It rings the bell. It makes everything clear. When we listen to people and get all the information, remember our, our jumping off verse, that he that answereth the matter before he hears it, before we know all the information. When we listen, now we could hear what is being said, even the things that are not being said, and be able to give them an accurate answer that will help them, truly help them. Not just treat the symptom, but take care of the problem that underlines it. So here are some of the reasons why we should listen. Let's go to a different question. Are you listening? Again, I want you to be honest with this. And for our church folks, I'm going to ask you in the next couple of weeks, how's your listening been? Most of you will be honest and say, my listening's horrible. And I proved it. Your listening is not going to improve drastically tomorrow. What you're going to find out tomorrow is how bad of a listener you really are. That's the first step. But let's point out how bad of a listeners we are. Are you listening? Listening is the foundational skill in all of crisis and counseling, crisis intervention, and ministry. This is the foundational skill. The, a skill is not required in degrees, theology. Now, all those things help, but it's not the foundational one. Learning to listen to people. Whether it's ministry, like church things. If you want to lead someone to the Lord, learn how to listen to them. If you want to disciple someone, learn how to listen to them. If you want to counsel with them and help them with their marriage problem, raising their kids, learn how to listen. The idea of counseling people to try to find out what their core problems are and figure out, it requires listening. And then the idea of crisis intervention, like suicide. 
if you want to prevent a suicide, it's not you take them by the shoulders, shake them and slap them around. That doesn't change anything. The one thing that will is if someone actually listens to them. This is why it's important for us here at the church. Ministry is one of our goals. Everyone in here, I hope, has a desire to be used of God in some sort of fashion. It may not be the pastor, but every one of you has a role to do. And if you never got another theology book, if you never took another class, if you could learn how to listen, God can bless what he has given you to do in a major way just by learning to listen. This is the foundational skill. I'd rather you learn to listen than take a hundred theology classes. Learning to listen is how we interact and actually influence and impact someone's life. So with that, let's understand a little bit more. Learning is what interpersonal trust is built upon. Listening allows us to gain the information to help someone. If you want to gain trust with someone, you have to be able to learn to listen. They will never trust you all the way if you won't listen to them. Because if you don't listen, you don't care. Why should they trust someone who doesn't care about them? If you want them to trust you, you learn how to listen. And again, not just to nod your head and smile and wait for them to shut up. To actually hear what they say. Learning how to listen. Listening is a skill that allows us to gather the information to help someone. Remember that when people speak, sometimes they're not giving you everything because they might not know everything. But you could start hearing things just by learning to listen of things they haven't said. And now you could start pointing out how to help them. Listening, by the way, is not a passive activity. What do we mean by this? Passive activity carries the idea that you don't put any effort. You just kind of there and just let it go along. Listening is an active skill. It is an active skill. It is something you turn on and you practice. It takes effort. It is work to listen, which is why people don't listen. It is too much work to actually listen to someone. A person doesn't have the gift of listening. Maybe you need to star that. Nobody has the gift of listening. Oh, you're just such a good listener. If they're honestly a good listener, it's because they practiced it. I was telling some of you earlier that some of the SISM training I went through, the critical incident stress management, they tell you you can't even be a part of that team until you have 40 to 100 hours of active listening under your belt. What that means is that most people don't have that. Learning how to actively listen. You could be a good person that nods their head and smiles and waits for them to shut up. That's not an active listener. It is a skill developed through practice. Listening is a skill, just like playing a trumpet or playing piano. It is a skill. You have to purposely work at it. That's why I said none of you are going to be great listeners tomorrow. (laughs) What you're going to realize is how bad of a listener you are. And what you need to do is practice, 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 practice. Now we'll give you things to practice. But we have to start off by realizing the truth Most of us are not good listeners. And if you are, it's because you purposely have practiced, which probably means most of us are out. So how is our listening? Now, there are three processes that interfere with effective listening. 
assumptions, personal values or ideologies, or counter-transference. I'll describe those three terms in a second. But these are three processes that interfere. Basically, why aren't we good listeners? Because of these things. Assumptions, personal values or ideologies, or counter-transference. Let's describe these. First of all, assumptions. What are assumptions? Assumptions are conclusions based on interference. That's what our verse text was. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it. I've already come to an assumption. I've come to a conclusion. I don't need to listen to the rest of what you said because I already have the answer. That's most of us. When we listen, we usually cut off listening in our brain. We stop listening because we've already drawn a conclusion. We already think we know where they're going. We think we know where they're headed. We think we know what they're going to say. Have you ever uh, been in a conversation with someone and as they're talking, you go ahead and say a word because you think that's where they're going and then they kind of look at you like you were stupid? That happened to me today, by the way. So I was like, oh, I'm teaching a course on it. Look, I failed again. Uh, you know, they looked at me. I wasn't listening. I thought I knew where they were going and I was trying to help the conversation out. And I did not. I'm saying that so hopefully you can empathize that you've done that too. When we do that, that proves we're not listening. It's one of our biggest blocks of effective listening is conclusions that we've already based off of interference, our own interference. I think I know what they're going to say. I think I know where they're going. I already assume where this is going to end up at and I fail to listen to them. By the way, what does the warning of the Bible say? It is folly and a shame unto him. So imagine that look. So they're saying something and then I jump in thinking know where they're going. And then he looks at me strange. It's a folly and shame to me. Evidence I wasn't listening. It was proof. I look foolish now. Same when we give an answer. They're finally done talking and I give an answer but I wasn't listening. I look foolish. And it's a shame to me. Now they don't want to talk to me anymore because I've already come to conclusions. I've cut off this open door of communication. A second idea is our values. Deeply held beliefs regarding the relevance of some action or understanding. They are highly personal, emotionally laden, resistant to change. Conflicts and values often lead to arguments. By the way, <laughs> this is being addressed inside of a church. I'm assuming that many of you have deeply held values. That's why you're here on a Wednesday night. That means those deeply held values can get in the way of you listening. So let's say that you're talking to someone who's Muslim. They're practicing Muslim. And they want to talk to you a little bit about their practices. Your mind is already shutting them down. Well, I don't want to hear this. You're already wrong. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And now we're not listening to them. And they could have been something, saying something very vital and key for understanding who they are or how they think. That we're already assuming, oh, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Oh, it's one of those people. Our values are deeply held beliefs. Now, I'm not saying you get rid of your deeply held beliefs. I'm saying it's a warning because it could jump in your way. If someone starts talking about something that you disagree with, now you're ready to argue and fight with them and show that they're wrong rather than listen to them. Even if you think you're super spiritual, I'll listen to them so that way I could turn around and tell them where they're wrong. Yeah. You're not listening. 
It is a barrier for good communication. And by the way, there are very important things. It may not be something like religion. It could be a character of a book that you no longer listen anymore as soon as that is said. It's cut off communication. You know, we could get to very silly things, whether, you know, watching two movies or watching a movie and someone's on this side and someone's on this side and they divide it other. They, what happens, we find these values, these deeply held beliefs, and they could be over silly things. Ever hear someone argue about sports teams? Yes. They're deeply held values. No matter what, the Packers can't ever lose. They're always going to win even if they're losing. Have you ever heard someone speak like that? Yeah. And, and deeply held value, and they won't even entertain the thought of someone else. What it is, is I'm illustrating how our values can cut off our listening. Does that make sense? It's one of the hindrances. What else can cut off our effective listening? Countertransference. That's a big fancy word. What does that mean? The degree to which a person rendering help identifies with a person receiving help. This is where this shows up. They start telling us something they went through and immediately we've got a story. Oh yeah, I went through something like that. We're not listening now. We're now thinking about what, how it affected us and what we went through. So we can go tell them a story that's magically going to help them. Has that story ever magically helped anybody? No. Not at all. But what happens is that we stopped listening. Just because we feel like we went through something similar, now we know everything about what that person is going through. By the way, anyone going through cancer actively doesn't care what you went through. It doesn't matter how big that boil was on your toe, it doesn't match. But yet people have the stories. Oh yeah, I went through something similar like that. Well, my dog died. Well, you know, I went through something similar like that. They don't care. They're in grieving right now. Well, I remember we flushed our, our cat, our, um, our, our, our fish. That's what I was looking for. Our fish down the toilet. Well, what does that have to do with my dog dying? Oh, I just know what you're going through. Do you really? But you know, this is that counter-transference. We do this all the time. We stop listening because we think we know what they're going through because we have a scenario we think is similar. So these are three things that keep us from being great listeners. They get in the way of us actually listening at all. So with this, how can we improve our listening? This is going to be where we're at. This is a good question. How to improve our listening? First of all, good listening requires patience. Good listening requires patience. Meaning you can't rush listening. It's not something you could fast forward, skip. It's not something that you just have to rush through. You have to have patience. So perhaps we think that we know what the speaker is going through, so we already begin formulating our response. We're not being patient. We're like, hurry up. I already got an answer for you. Good listening requires patience. Now, why are we telling you this? Because you're going to have to tell yourself to shut up and listen in your mind, of course, 
When you're listening to someone, listen to what they say. Don't tune them off and then you're watching their lips moving. And then later on you have to figure out how their lips were moving and hoping you get the right words. You need to be able to patiently listen without formulating responses, without thinking other things in your head, purposely hearing what they are saying. And you have to be patient with them. Sometimes we're in the middle of something when someone started to talk to us, or we have another commitment approaching and we wish they were done already. Being in a hurry keeps us from being good listeners. There are times when it's appropriate, we understand that <laughs> different things going on. We're busy. We have all these time-saving devices just so we can get busier. Yep. We're all busy now. You have to purposely be unbusy. Stop and make them think that you, they are important at this time. We know that it is a skill that you have to master. It's something I have to work on. But we need to make it so that when we stop and they have our undivided attention, no matter how busy you are, and you need to make it look like you're not in a hurry for them to shut up either. They could watch that with your body language. You have to stop and make them feel, make them feel like this is their time. Now I'm saying that on purpose because it has to be from their perspective. They need to be able to recognize that they have as much time as they need to explain what they need to explain and not to rush them. If we rush them, we're not going to hear everything and we're going to answer a matter before we hear it. Learn to have patience. Maybe perhaps we're half-eared because our attention is divided by our external surroundings or internal rebounding to self. So you're talking to someone, but you're actually watching the fight behind them. Or you're talking to someone and you're <laughs> watching the TV behind them. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like when sports are on and they're definitely not listening to you. Or perhaps you're in thought with something else. And while they're talking, the lips are moving, but you're thinking about something else. You don't have, they don't have your undivided attention. You may be just mulling something over in your mind, nodding and smiling. You need to give them the patience and listen to them and make them feel like you are listening. Too often we are preoccupied with ourselves when we listen. This is why we're not good listeners because we live in a society it's all about us and ourselves and we don't care about everybody else. We care about them to the degree that it affects us. But we are so concerned about ourselves. You're wasting my time. You're in my way. I could be doing something else. We need to be careful that we're not so selfish that we miss out on opportunities to help someone and to help them listen effectively. Instead of concentrating on what's said, we're too busy deciding what to say in response or mentally rejecting that person's point of view. If you're a thinker like I am, this is something you have to fight with. Purposely say, no, I'm not going to give an answer. I need to hear everything they say. Nope, nope, that answer, you have to set it aside. Or this person's stupid. Why are they keep talking? Don't they realize how silly? You've got to reject all of that. Put that aside just to listen to them. Stop thinking. For those of you who like to think over someone else. You might try to brag about how great multitasker you are, 
But what you're doing is you're not doing the one thing you're supposed to be doing well. Listen. Listen. Good listening requires patience. Good listening requires concentration so that way we hear the other person out until they're done speaking. This concentration is going to be key. You have to concentrate on what they are saying until they are done speaking. Concentrate on that. If you are trying to multitask in your mind, you're not concentrating on the one thing you're supposed to be doing. Now, again, I don't know how ever the people thinking, I'm just saying for my own self, that is something I have to constantly stop. Stop thinking about stuff. Concentrate on them. Listen to them. Remember, listening is a skill. It's not something you automatically listen to people. Most of us are automatically doing something else other than listening. You have to develop the skill of concentrating and actually hearing what they say. Body language can show whether you're listening to them. Your body language shows how attentive you are. So make eye contact. Lean forward and learn to nod. Not nod your head and smile just because you're getting them on. But your body language will be king. How you move your body will show whether you're closed up or whether you want to hear some more. Just how your body language is. Again, it's a skill. You have to be aware what your body is telling them. Go go ahead and keep talking. Yeah, okay. You have to be able to let your body language, let them know that you are ready to receive more information. Your body language speaks quite a bit. Whether they're unconsciously picking up or consciously picking up, It lets them know whether they can talk some more or to shut up. And you want them to continue to talk so you could be a help to them. Lean forward. Keep eye contact. When they give their suggestions, uh, nod. Let them know that you're hearing what they're saying. We know that good listening is an act of love. So good listening requires patience, But good listening is an act of love. Good (laughs) listening is an act of love. Half-eared listening despises the brother and is only waiting for a chance to speak and thus get rid of the other person. If you truly love them, you're willing to allow them to speak it out. Again, people need someone to listen to them. So if you love them, you're going to give them what they need. Again, it shows how selfish we are even in our relationships of people we say that we care for. We don't love them enough to listen to them. We love them enough, you know, to hang out with them every now and again. But if they want to talk, people understand love. It may not be a written thing. If someone actually listens to what they say, they will feel love. They will feel accepted. When we're only half hearing listening, what we're doing is we're despising that person. You are not worth my time right now. And they feel that. Poor listening rejects. Good listening embraces. That's key. When you are half-heartedly listening, you are rejecting them. Let's go back to our suicide prevention. 
if you really want to help people around you, even if you don't know that they're going in distress or they're getting that place, when you stop listening, it could be another nail in the cog where they say, I give up. The one person I thought was going to listen to me did not. I'm rejected. Why should I exist? Good listening embraces. It's telling them you are worth it. You are important to me. I care about what's important to you. Poor listening diminishes the other person. You are not worth my time. While good listening invites them to exist and to matter. Again, listening becomes a very important deal to be able to help other people out. Even if it's just simply listening so they can exist, you may not have to solve their problems. Now, when I do um, counseling with men and try to teach them to be good husbands, I did this on Monday night for evening school, that what happens in order to be a good husband, sometimes she doesn't want you to solve problems. As my wife tells me, all she wants me to do is listen to her sometimes. That's all she needs. She doesn't want me to solve her problems or fix things. She just wants to exist. She wants to matter. She wants someone to care about what she cares about. This becomes an important idea to listen to them. When you listen completely, they feel like they matter. Listening is an act of empathy. As you try to see a situation from another's eyes, not your own, but another's eyes, and understand how they're feeling. We understand that people don't feel the same way that we do. Our experiences are different. Someone could have a loss of a pet that it may not affect us the same. We're like, we're sorry, I really love this dog, but uh, you know, I don't feel the same way. Where that person, it's the most devastating thing that has ever happened to them. And they honestly don't know how they're going to survive the next couple days without that pet. Now, I can't diminish what they're feeling. I need to learn to try to empathize with what they're feeling so I can help them. Does it make sense? This is what we have to do. People will open up more when you're not judging them. Let's go back to the pet thing. If I'm looking at them like, what in the world? You're wasting my time for this. They're going to close down. But if I empathize, even though I may think, why are we spending time on this subject? You know, it has been amazing to watch what people cry over. I met people full blown tears, whatever else. And then they told you, oh, it was my Lego figure. I lost it today. Uh, okay. You know, I'm, you know, you feel like shaking them and like, what are you thinking about? But to them, it's the most devastating loss they have ever had. Tell me about it. Well, it was something my dad gave me before he died. Okay. Now I have more information, but I could have outright rejected them. What in the world are you thinking? This is stupid. I'll just buy you another one. But we have to find out why. Listen to them. Don't reject them. You may open up and find a whole backstory of why that was so important, why it was so devastating loss. But if we didn't invite them to talk more, they would have just shut up right then. And we would have been left with a foolish impression that they were crying over spilt milk. Or perhaps they're crying and devastating and the Lego figure was not the problem. It just happened to be the last straw and that's what they're most upset about because it's the surface. But what really happened is that it's the anniversary of their mother's death. 
And they've been thinking about her a lot lately. And this just happened to be something that happened that was unrelated. But this is what all their feelings and emotion is going to. But to be able to listen and to draw that out (laughs) without rejecting them. Again, most of us with a Lego figure, we would have just, okay, you're done. But we would have never figured out what was truly going on. Does that make sense? Listening becomes very important. And when they realize that we're not going to judge them because of the stupid Lego figure, they'll tell us more and we can get more information to be able to help them. Good listening, ask perceptive questions. Good listening, ask perceptive questions. Tying in from that last illustration to this illustration. Good listening asks perceptive, open-ended questions that don't tee up yes or no questions. Let me pause. Part of the skills that you have to learn is not to say yes or no questions. Yes or no questions could be fine, but you can't ask a string of them. They tell us in crisis management classes, they teach us a little method of opening our hand, closing our hand. Open-ended question, close-ended question. Open-ended, closed question. So an open-ended question that cannot be answered with yes or no, no. And so, by the way, this is how to get teenagers to talk too. As you ask them a yes or no question, open-ended question. And you want to get them to the place where they could finally speak on the yes or no question and give you more information other than yeah, no. You understand? So I ask a yes or no question, open-ended question. In fact, in my classes, we actually had to practice this with each other for a while. They timed us and say, all right, see how well you can keep this going. You know, we had to practice doing this. That's something you need to keep in mind. In fact, sometimes you may notice me going like this. It's because I'm thinking of yes or no questions and open-ended questions, making sure I'm not just stating that. Why? Because if we want them to talk, you can't just say yes or no questions. Imagine talking to a teenage boy with no emotions. Uh, uh, uh. You keep asking yes or no questions, you're just going to get nothing but grunts the rest of your time. You have to get them to do an open question. Get them to speak. Get them some words. Get something going. Okay? Well, the same thing with being listening to people. Even if they're not in crisis, you need to be able to ask questions that are not just yes or no. How does that make you feel? How long has this been going on? You want to ask questions that are open-ended so they can do it. Now, they may answer in a way you weren't expecting. I don't care as long as they answer. You're getting them to talk. You're getting them to speak. But you don't want to just say yes or no. Again, a few of those may be fine scattered, but it can't be a string and it can't be the whole questioning. Yes, no, yes, no. You'll get them to close down by asking those yes or no questions. Make sense? But part of that is learning to listen. Remember, listening is a skill. Not only do we just retain the information, but we should be able to ask perceptive questions, questions based off of what they have said, and be able to ask questions that naturally follow up. Not accusing, but asking questions to help keep them going so we could find out the rest of the matter. We also want to use those questions to gently peel the onion and probe beneath the surface. Let's take the Lego figure. By the way, that was just a random thing, but it's stuck in my head now, so we're using it. So they're crying over the Lego figure. All right? 
obviously some questions need to be asked because I need to start peeling this off. What's really the matter? It can't be just this Lego figure. What else is going on? And I can't just jump subjects. I have to ask questions based off of what they've said, listening to what they said, and slowly get to the heart of the matter. Does that make sense? This is why it's a skill. You don't develop this tomorrow. You have to work at this. It also watches carefully for nonverbal communication, but doesn't interrogate and pry to the details of the speaker they don't want to share. You need to watch people when you speak. This is why you need your undivided attention. Because you could ask a question, they could be all happy, but all of a sudden they close down, just their body language, their face, their whatever else. You've now got a question that they don't want to talk about. You need to be able to sense that. Maybe go back around and hit it again in a different angle, but you keep in mind that was something that, that pushed a bruise. That was something that, that triggered something. Not the world's way of using that trigger, but you've got a reaction from it. You, you keep in, okay, there's something to that. Let me circle around, try to get some other questions. But you don't want to interrogate them. Listen, why did you flinch like that? You don't want to interrogate them. You're trying to get a natural conversation, asking perceptive questions. Remember, when we're counseling, let's take it to a counseling thing, what you really want to do is have them come to their own conclusions. Rather than you tell the conclusions, you want them to draw their own conclusions. The questions is going to help get there. I didn't even associate that today was my mother's death. I thought I had dealt with it. You know, now they're associating the two, but they didn't realize it. Let me give an example for... As a police chaplain, we keep track. Let's say that there is an officer involved shooting. We had those two officers that were killed earlier this year over the other side of the state in Rice Lake. Uh, what the chaplain over there will be doing is keeping uh, um, a database off of every officer who was affected, who was there on scene. Then for the next couple anniversaries, he's going to watch them because they're probably going to have an emotional response. They may end up having a bad day. Let's just, everything's just blown up. And they may not even know why. But because the chaplain who is being a good chaplain knows, oh, it's the anniversary. Hey, you know, I noticed that you're having a rough day. Yes, what do you, I can't do anything right. Hey, a couple years ago, your partner passed away. How are you doing with that? Is that today? Now they're starting to process they didn't know it was associated before. That's just not for officers, but the same thing. If anniversaries are coming up, they may act differently and they may not even realize why they're acting differently. They may be more weepy, more emotional, more on raw, more on edge. And we may, something's going on today. Let me talk and get perceptive questions and maybe find out why this is being this way when it's not normal. Does it make sense? It's part of listening. It's part of being able to answer a matter correctly, knowing the information. Does it make sense? <laughs> it 
questions will also meekly draw them out and point to the speaker to a fresh perspective through careful, genuine questions. Usually using proper questions, we could point people to consider things that they may have not considered before, to give them a different perspective, bounce things off, change how they look at things. Questions are going to be key in proper listening. Proper questions will be able to show them that we actually heard what they said. And then using those questions, we could direct traffic. Again, we can't tell them the answer. There are many times that we want them to come to the answer to them for themselves. You can't shortcut that process. You need to be the listener, not the answerer. And learning how to listen effectively does that. A statement indicates that you've come to a conclusion. By the way, as soon as that person thinks that you've already come to a conclusion, they stop talking. They stop giving you important information. A statement indicates that you've come to a conclusion. A question indicates that you're still considering the matter. You should use questions. Now, if I understand right, this is what you said. Oh, no, I didn't say that. Okay, then I misunderstood. Could you clarify it so I do? Now you're able to use that to kind of double check. You know, if I told them, when you just said this, you're out of your mind. I didn't say that and they've closed down now. A question allows them to clarify if I heard wrong or to clarify their thinking. Using questions effectively shows that we're still engaged and I'm trying to get more information. Where I start giving a lot of statements, I'm answering a matter before I hear it. It's going to be foolish and ashamed to me and they're no longer listening. We're cut off communication. Statements accuse, questions convict. When you come to the place where you're starting to draw a conclusion, statements accuse. People feel defensive when you start throwing out statements. But when you ask a question, that question convicts because they have to ponder the answer. Statements accuse, questions convict. We also understand that good listening is a ministry. Good listening is a ministry. What do we mean by this? There are many times where listening can be a greater service than speaking. Meaning that you can do more, have more of an impact, more of a benefit, more lives change when you learn how to listen rather than all the knowledge that you have. That's why I said you learn how to listen. It's better than studying a thousand theology books, taking a hundred theology classes. You learn how to listen. Sometimes that's what they need. And you could use that listening session to draw them closer to the Lord and point them to the Lord because they've come to their own conclusion. Learning how to listen can help solve those things, give proper counseling. If you learn how to listen, you will thrive at whatever ministry God has placed you in. Sunday school teacher, be a good listener. Be a good, being a discipler, be a good listener. Being just a good church person, being a good listener. You know why people at church, when you say how you're doing, they all say they're fine? It's because they honestly think people don't care. I say I'm fine because nobody cares how I'm doing. And by the way, we all don't care. That's why we accept the fine. <laughs> You're fine? I'm fine too. Great, we're all fine together. We're not fine. You know, we need to get back to the place 
where it's commonplace in churches to have ladies praying with other ladies. Men having praying with other men just because they sense there's something wrong. Ask some questions. Find out that there's a burden that they have. And let's just pray together. That should be commonplace. That's ministry. That person who's praying with the other person is doing a better service than them getting preached at and told them what they're doing wrong. Does this make sense? You could be a better impact. A person can go church service and not hear anything the pastor said and not get the help from him. But someone just sit down and say, you know what? There's something going on. Let's just listen to what's going on. Can I hear what's going on? Ask some questions. That could save their life. Whereas if they're not listening to me, it doesn't matter what I say. Does that make sense? There will be days when the most important ministry we do is square our shoulders to some hurting person, uncross our arms, lean forward, make eye contact, and hear their pain all the way to the bottom. That could be some of the most important things you do is listen to them until you get to the very bottom of that pain. But that's going to take too long. I know that's why we're not good listeners. Listen to them. It may take a while. You may find out that that's a deep well of pain that they've been bottling up for a long time. Learning how to listen. Again, this isn't learning all the skills about how to answer them. And if they say this, you do this. This is just learning a basic principle of listening to someone that could revolutionize and change their life forever. Someone cared enough for me. You know, there's a lot of problems that can be solved for that person that one night just because someone listened to them all the way through. A lot of those burdens can be lifted up. A lot of that pain can start to be healed because someone listened. Often a person can be helped merely by having someone who will listen take him seriously. Listen to him seriously. Listen to the person. Sometimes it's all that someone needs They might not even realize it. You know, there's no wonder why people go to a therapist and say, I feel better afterwards. Well, what they do? Do they prescribe you medicine? No, they just listen. Sometimes people just need to be listened to. Now, the wonderful thing about ministry is that we're free. Why go pay $200 an hour when church people should be people who have this ministry of listening? You say, well, I don't have an official title of the church, but I'm the listener. Praise the Lord. You probably got one of the most important jobs here. Learning to listen. Not be the answerer, by the way. The listener. You could change lives dramatically by learning to listen. Good listening also prepares us to speak well. Good listening helps us to speak well. When we receive all the information from the person by patiently listening, we now have the ability to answer the problem or question with better accuracy in a way that will help them. But getting the information is key. Remember that most people will not give you what's really bothering them. They'll give you surface stuff. Honestly, we do that as a protective measure. They could tell something's wrong, so we give them something. And then we're satisfied with the answer and that person isn't helped. We have to dive deeper sometimes and find out what's going on. And when we hear it, we could actually answer the matter. 
give them a proper solution. The word accuracy carries the idea of hitting the target. We want to hit the bullseye as much as we can when helping people. We don't want to give them an answer that's not going to help them and not give them an answer that's not going to solve their real problem when we've never identified what the real problem is. Oftentimes people try to treat symptoms. For example, if you have a headache, you take a pill. Is the reason why you have that headache is because you're lacking a pill in your life? No, that pill is just treating a symptom. We need to find out the problem. We live in a society that even in counseling, we just deal with symptoms. Oh, I'm sorry that you're having a bad day. Hopefully it'll be better tomorrow. Well, I didn't do anything. You can make them feel better going home, but then their pain comes back tomorrow. We need to learn how to help them. And it's by listening and getting, asking questions till we get to the very bottom of it. Then we will um, open it up and give an accurate answer based off the information given to them. Now here is the conclusion. Off of all of this, good listening also reflects our relationship with God. Good listening reflects our relationship with God. What does this mean? Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a martyr who died during a Nazi Germany reign. Um, I usually don't quote from often, but this was a powerful quote that it really applies to what we're going through here. Dietrich Bonhoeffer warns, he that can no longer listen to his brother will soon no longer be listening to God either. If you can't listen to a human, you're not going to listen to God. May I say that part of our big problem in religion today is that we've lost how to listen to God. We like to talk at him. We don't talk with him. This is why God tells us in the Bible to be still and know that I'm God. What am I supposed to do when I stand still? Listen. Most of us don't know how to listen. And if we can't listen and don't have the skill to listen to humans, we will not have the skill to listen to God. If you can't listen to people, you cannot listen to God. This is an important relationship here. Listening is a skill. You have to have that skill to listen to God as well. He will soon be nothing but prattle in the presence of God too. What does that mean? That even your prayer life, you're just talking, 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 talking. Amen. And not listening. Prayer should be a conversation and God speaks to you in a still small voice. And if you're not listening, you will not hear it. And thus why so many people cannot hear God's voice. Whether it was their Bible reading. God doesn't speak to me in my Bible reading. Well, it's because you're not listening because God's speaking. Are you listening? God's not speaking to me in a church service. It's probably because you're not listening. God's not speaking to me in prayers. It's because you haven't developed the skill of listening. Learning how to listen to humans is developing the same skill of listening to God. If you want your relationship with God to increase, learn how to listen to people. He goes on. He says, this is the beginning of the death of the spiritual life. That's pretty interesting. How do you kill your spiritual life? By not knowing how to listen to people. He goes on. 
Anyone who thinks that his time is too valuable to spend keeping quiet will eventually have no time for God and his brother, but only for himself and for his own follies. If you don't have time to listen to people, you're also not going to have time to listen to God. May I say that's a true fact? We get busier and busier and busier and we get too busy for God. We don't have time for God. I've got to go get this done. I've got to get this done. I don't have time to talk with you. I don't have time to talk with you. And I don't have time to talk with you, God. I know you're important, but you know, I just... You ever wonder where our devotional life goes? It goes away because we're too busy. We're too busy doing good things. I've got to go to work. I've got to go to school. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And those are all good things. It may not be waste of time things. It may be important things. But you got so busy, you can't listen to anyone else. You got so busy that anyone else also includes God. You show someone who is a good listener to humans, you also find someone who's learned how to be a good listener to God. You see, this ties directly to our spiritual life. This is a skill we have to develop in order for us to have a healthy relationship with God. And again, listening is not rolling your eyes, tapping your foot, say, come on, shut up so I can go. It's active listening. It is purposeful listening. So that way you could purposely listen to God as well. The Bible says very clearly, he that answereth a matter before he hath heard of it, it is a folly and a shame to him. Our listening skills are very poor. And like any skill, we can improve it, but we have to practice, practice, practice. Now, the purpose of this was to explain listening, but my challenge to you in the next couple days, and I'm going to ask you, how's your listening? So tomorrow... Most of you got to go to work. Every single one of you are going to go see another human. How's your listening? You want to know who it's harder to listen to? Your own family. You already know their issues or their problems. You don't care. Listen. Again, I'm not expecting you guys to be great listeners tomorrow. What I am expecting is for you to start to realize how bad of listeners we really are. So it can be fixed. Start putting these things into practice. That's why we gave you handouts. You could take this. That's why we did PowerPoint and put it on YouTube. You could watch it again. This is something you're going to need refreshed on. This is something we all need, including me. Because when you learn to listen, it is one of the most important ministries that could ever happen inside of a church. And you'll find that not only can you have more influence with people, but you could learn how to save someone's life and not even realize it. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 920- 
920-530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.